Greetings and welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby, where we will be chatting with your favorite LGBTQ author. This is Anita Kelly, and my guest today is Cass Sellers. Hi, Cass. Hi, Anita. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. So, how are things out on the West Coast? Uh, currently very nice. I am working from a beach location, so I have to say I'm pretty lucky today. Yeah, I'd say that. Definitely. Nice. Very nice. Um, yeah, it's nice and dreary here on the East Coast. So, um, yeah, I, I would take the beach on the West Coast any day, I think. Um, but I have to tell you, I have decided I am an East Coast girl. So, um, yeah. I I agree with you. I miss it. Do you? Um, I uh, I grew up in London, so actually the the change of seasons and a good couple of days of um, dreary weather, I kind of miss. <laughs> that's that's typical London weather, right? That's right. So how did you how did you get to the West Coast from London? So my mom's English, and uh, my father was in radio and television. So, and he is—he was very Italian American. So it was easier for us to come over here full time. That, and I was kicked out of English schools fairly early on for being a precocious American child. So um, it seemed like a logical place to be. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. What a great story. Um, and I love how you call your mother your mom. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hard not to now, even though I try. Yeah, that's great. So, so Cass, you have a, a new release out. Is that right? I do. It's called Finding Sky, which is set in San Francisco. Nice. Nice. So, um, something you're really familiar with? I am now. Yeah, it was great to do the research because I had an excuse to go and wander around the city and look at, you know, great architecture and some of the... Um, landmarks that when you work here seems like a trip that you unless you live in the city you you don't get to do so it was a nice excuse to be able to do that that's nice yeah it seems like when you live somewhere you don't really get to explore it like uh, a tourist would exactly oh that's nice so so tell us about finding sky what's it about um, so Finding Sky is about a business owner named Jess Ivan, and she is running her father's company after his death. And it's a property rehab company, but kind of with a twist. They try and give back to kids who have been in the system and who haven't had as many opportunities. Um, it's not preachy, but it, it kind of tells a story about being able to be part of a corporation that also does some, some baseline good stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, Skylar is a new employee who has always wanted to work at that company, Ivan Associates, because of what they do and because she has some history, um, in the system. And so they get to know each other and there's the whole boss employee relationship and the tabooness of that. But, um, they kind of find each other pretty fascinating and it, and it clicks, um, after some trials and tribulations, obviously. Okay. Sounds great. I, I gotta tell you, I, I started the book, um, I think it 
think yesterday, and I'm really enjoying it. Really am. Um, so yeah. So um, that is 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 chasing sky out yet? Is it due out? Finding sky is out at Bold Strokes this week officially everywhere, um, and you can order it from Bold Strokes um, as of October the first. All right. I keep calling it Chasing Sky. It's Finding Sky, isn't it? Okay. You got to chase it to find it, right? (laughs) There you go. So um, you have a couple other books, right? I do. I have three other books in a series that's called The Lightning Series. Okay. Um, The first book was um, Lightning Strikes, followed up by um, the... Lightning Chasers, and then just out earlier this year was Unexpected Lightning, which was the third. Okay, so you had two releases this year. I did. Nice. And you'd think I'd be over at Women's Week celebrating. I wish I was. Oh, you're not going to Women's Week, huh? No, work work called, unfortunately. The, the dreaded day job. Yeah, I, and I guess that would be a long trek for you. It, it is. It is. Yeah. So, um... Let's talk about the lightning series for a moment, right? When you sure. when you wrote the the first one, Lightning Strikes, did you expect to to write a series, or did were you thinking this is just a standalone novel and this will be it? You know, I wasn't sure that I could finish the first one when I started. It wasn't that I thought, you know, we all stop and start writing, um, and I started probably 50 books in, in my life, but I was playing at it and I wasn't serious about it. And I tell the story all the time that my ex-wife, now ex-wife, was going through the checking account one day and she said, um, you know, it was covered up with orders for books. <laughs> and she <laughs> said, you know, it'd be a lot cheaper if you just write your own. <laughs> and um, so I went to my room and three months later, there was the first book. And I'd finished Lightning Strikes, and I thought I really didn't want to let these characters go. I felt like they had more to say, and I missed them because I'd spent such an intense amount of time with them. So they kept sort of new adventures kept popping into my head, and I thought, you know, I have to keep telling their story. So I don't think it was a plan, but it, when it when it happened, I couldn't help it. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. It's like, you know initially maybe you weren't thinking that way but as you got into it you thought there's more to just one book here right absolutely so so tell us about um the protagonist in are they this do you have the same characters in in each book um or different characters so parker and sydney who are the core main characters um are in every book and more people come into the fold, but I kind of, I liken it to kind of an ensemble drama. Okay. That is two anchor people. Um, Parker is a professional commercial real estate professional. Um, she was in a 10 year marriage with a narcissistic serial cheater. Um, she caught her on their 10th anniversary with another woman. And she was like, that's it. I'm out. No, no more relationships for me. And, um, Sydney is um, a forensic reconstructionist, and that means she goes to juries with 
this package or this story to tell them about a crime to kind of demonstrate how it happened. Cool. And um, she's tall and handsome and self-assured and she likes women for a couple of hours, but she doesn't have any patience for second dates or relationship drama. Um, needless to say, they fate intervenes and they end up across the hall from each other. Um, and because of a series of events that happen around where they live, they're kind of thrown together. And so they, they travel throughout the series. They're kind of my anchor people. Okay. Um, but best friends, um, police officers, um, friends of friends all kind of come in and out and are, are integral to the, to the plot of, of this significant or the subsequent books. So there are three, and do you have any um, plans to have a, a fourth one to that series? Or are you finished? So I, I've written a fourth. All right. And I've written half of a fifth. Um, but um, obviously I want to get my standalones out there, and I want to kind of explore, um, kind of cut the cut the – apron strings just a little bit off of the the series and I hope I'm going to be able to come back to it okay. and um, publish the fourth one because it introduces some really great characters and people have contacted me and said will you please do one with these characters oh that's so nice when that happens like awesome you know that people are loving your people absolutely and that makes all the difference in the world when readers reach out and say, I really like this character because. Oh, yeah, definitely. So does does a reader need to read them in order? Um, or can they read the second one first and it'll make sense or no? Yeah, you definitely don't have to read them in order. They can stand on their own, certainly. But because of my fondness for their chemistry and how they met and kind of that history, I always want everyone to know the whole story mm -hmm. and, and start from the beginning. I think anyone who writes a series would probably say that, that there's this really great genesis mm -hmm. um, that you want someone to experience. But I've written them so you could stand alone. Okay. All right. That makes sense. And, and how easy, like... Um or difficult is it to, um, or different even to write like a series versus a standalone? Like I imagine like you, Parker and Sydney, you had to really continue to build their characters and get to know them as you went along. Right. Um, sure. versus a standalone where kind of what you see is what you get and that's it. We're done. Right. Um, I think sometimes I feel that a series is easier because you do get to build. You already know who your characters are mm -hmm. and you get to move them through the next stage of their lives, their romance, their um, kind of existence. So you don't have to spend your time drawing them. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I... You know, you don't want to let your characters go in a way, but with a standalone, you get to create a whole new universe to explore through and to take your readers through, which is what makes reading fun, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a little change of pace, too. Absolutely. So where 
do you get your ideas from? Um, like, do you draw from personal experiences? So, um, well, I've spent most of my career as a fraud investigator. So the intrigue part of my books are often loosely and somewhat not so loosely uh, drawn from cases mm -hmm. that I've had or have been involved in or coworkers have been involved in. Okay. Um, the romance part, of course, can be derivative of personal experience, wishful thinking, maybe. Okay. Um, <laughs> but the romance part, I think the characters kind of tell you how they meet, how they feel, how they want to interact with each other. Um, but the intrigue part is easy for me because I've been in this business so long. So kind of being able to craft a crime story is, is a lot of fun. So um, why do you write then for um, in this genre, in the lesbic genre um, versus writing maybe something for mainstream um, so I always, I, I think this is a super interesting question and a really important one because that's the first question my mother asked me actually, when I told her that I was writing Really, and she said, well, why, why don't you write? I won't do the English accent, but, um, <laughs> uh, she said, why don't you write mainstream quote unquote fiction as opposed to LGBT fiction? And, um, I, of course, had an answer, but it became really clear to me. The first Pride event that I did as a writer, um, a dad came up and um, with his daughter and asked about some YA romances and, and some stuff that he could point his kid to. And he looked at me, and I try not to cry when I tell the story because it was really impactful, said... Um, after all, it's just about the fact that there's love in the world and however you see yourself, if you can find yourself in literature, that makes all the difference. Oh, so wow. to be able to find, right. Yeah. For and, a dad to say that about his, you know, young teenager or, you know, that's just right. amazing. And so different yeah. from, yeah. When I was growing up, and I don't want to speak for anybody else, but, you know, years ago when we spent our lives trying to excuse who we were yeah, or to scrap for that little tiny piece of the universe, either it be books or movies or something where we could find a picture of ourselves or an approximation right. was huge. Yeah, just one person who looks like me. You know? Right. Yeah. Or who loves like me or who wants to live in a relationship like I do. Yeah. And so, sure, I guess you could enter the, the mass of mainstream literature mm -hmm. and compete against the Daniel Steeles of the world. Mm -hmm. But I almost think what we do is more important because there is a teenage girl out there who doesn't have a dad like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I used to work with, um, the college age population and so many of them <clears throat> were, you know, kind of just finding themselves and discovering who they were. And, um, they didn't even know that this existed. Um, and it was, uh, it was pretty incredible to just see them get turned on to, 
you know, LGBT literature and, and see themselves in books and stories. And, um, yeah, it was really, it was affirming for them. Absolutely. And to know that you could be, you could move through the world in every other, for lack of a better world, world word, God, um, a normal way. Mm-hmm. And also have a relationship with a partner who was not part of what the world calls normal. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Really. That's great. That's really awesome. That's a, a good response. How did your mom, did she understand what you're saying? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> she's a lot better than she was. I'll die if she ever hears this. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I was listening to you talk, um, I think to Carson about if, if there was, something you change in your life, what yeah. would it be? Mm-hmm. And that becomes more and more difficult the older you get. But um, I think the answer to that for me is spend a whole lot less time making excuses or being ashamed of who you are based on who you love. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't quite get it. She's a whole lot better than she was because, after all, her daughter is a lesbian author. Um, <laughs> so she kind of doesn't have the choice. <laughs> um, trial by fire. Yeah. She says I was her trial by fire kid. Um, Does she so, tell her friends, you know, this is my daughter, the author? Um, so I think in the beginning she just said that I – I write books. I'm not sure she was very explicit about, you know, what kind of books or what audience. Okay. So my, my first book that I sent her, um, obviously was lightning strikes. And, um, she says she didn't know if she wanted to read it because there was sex in it. (laughs) She said it. (laughs) So I took, um, uh, sticky notes and all the way through it where there was any sex beyond kissing. <laughs> and, I, and I redacted the book for her. And then I wrote on the front, redacted for my mother. And sent it to her. That is awesome. Did she read it? That was how. <laughs> Did she so then? Now I think a little more relaxed about it but she still won't read this next part oh that's funny that is great that's great i love it that's a great story yeah that's my mom <laughs> <laughs> so and um are you do you think that you portray yourself like are you one of those char- like one of your own characters um like are um you, are you a pro- i think People who know me uh-huh. um, would say that there's a whole lot of me and Parker, okay. or maybe Parker and me, depending. Um, but, um, you know, she's a really strong, capable person, so I consider that to be a huge compliment. Maybe she's a little bit of a of a fantasy character of what I'd like to be, but... Um, That's cool. I think... Go ahead. I said, that's cool that you, you know, part of her is you and part of her is who you would aspire to be. That's great. Absolutely. Yeah. So when did you start writing? Um, I started, well, I've been writing my whole life, 
because my um, my family's been in radio and television forever, both sides. Um, my dad was a disc jockey in the 60s and 70s, and we traveled all over. And um, my mother's side of the family was all part of the BBC. So I thought I was going to be a journalist. I was going to be a television journalist or a serious, you know, news person. Mm-hmm. And so I always started to write. I wrote lots of, I won a lot of creative writing contests, but I never thought I'd ever finish a full length novel because I have the attention span of a gnat. <laughs> and uh, I hear you. <laughs> so, when, so when I finally had that conversation with my ex, um, was about 2013, um, right around there. And I sat down and thought, okay, I'm going to do this. So that was probably my first real, okay, I'm past chapter five. I'm going to get there. That's pretty amazing though, to write your first novel. And did you say three months? I did. Um, that's pretty fast. I think that's, that's great. Well, my, um, assistant at work, um, my coworker now, um, she came up to me when she found out I wrote and she said, um, she said, so tell me about this process. Tell me about writing. And I said, well, um, I got my computer. I went to my room (laughs) and basically I stayed in there for three months and I came out to pee and get more wine. (laughs) And, um, she sat there and she looked at me and she said, you know, I thought it would be more glamorous than that. And I said, you know, me too. So here we go. Uh, but so do you, do you drink wine while you write? I do. So um, I drink wine like, actually when I do most things, but uh, is that like a prerequisite <laughs> for being a writer? Well, if I'm going to sit down and commit to six hours in front of the computer, I'm going to need some sustenance. Wow. And That's I live a in long time. Livermore Valley in California, and there are 97 wineries Nice yeah. um, within sort of 10 minutes of my house. So it's almost a prerequisite just from geography. Yeah. You have to drink to live there. That's right. <laughs> so um, you mentioned that you were in fraud investigations, right? And yes. So, um, and then somewhere I read that you did some, uh, magazine editing also. I did. Um, it was a strange kind of nexus. I, um, was looking for a job and going to, I was getting ready to go back to school and, um, there was a job, uh, an industry publication needed an editor. Okay, I can do that. I'm good. And part of that job, because there wasn't apparently enough hours in the magazine part, was being the security director for an industry publication, an industry trade association. So I went in with the qualifications to do the editing part. Mm-hmm. And Lo and behold, I got to go to all the meetings with the FBI and local law enforcement on um, criminal cases. Wow. And I realized I liked that part a whole lot better than I liked the magazine part. That sounds like fun. So, and I decided at that point I was going to start studying and um, finishing my degree and I wanted to go into the FBI. Wow. So, were you in the FBI? I was not. Life intervenes as it often does. Mm -hmm. And 
um, they had a hiring freeze. And so I had to make a decision between making a living in the private sector, which I was already five or 10 years into, and I decided to stay. And I ended up in the private sector doing uh, fraud and criminal investigations for that. That's really cool. That's that's a great, great background. And it's a nice way to blend those two careers, too. Um, it is, strangely. And, and writing, it seems like the um like the the topics that that you write about kind of blend those two careers together also absolutely um it's been you know it's it's an interesting career anyway to kind of see those sort of cases Mm -hmm. and to be able to turn them into books on top of it is a lot of fun yeah i'll bet and then the people that you trip over that you don't like, you can kill them off or send them to jail, which is awesome. Very cathartic. Oh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> That's great. So so when you were, um, like, in school, you didn't uh, really pursue criminal justice. Um, you just kind of happened upon it. Well, so my first foray into school, when you leave high school and your parents say, go to college, I went for communications. Okay. And in that decade, everyone and their brother was going to be in communications. Yeah. So every class I wanted to go to was full and everybody was, you know, writing and they're going to be journalists and television people and whatever. And, um, I got bored. I thought, you know, I can make a living. I can get a job. I can get two jobs. And, and so college kind of bored me. I'll come back and do this later. Okay. So went out into the workforce and, um, did my thing. And I realized, you know, I really need to finish my degree. What do I want to go into? And my, um, spouse at the time said, you need to go into business so you can be a better, you know, business office person. And I thought, God, I do that all day. I don't want to do it at school too. I'd be bored. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went into criminal justice with the idea that I'd go into the FBI one day and, uh, ended up being, um, an intern, um, doing part of my studies in, a law enforcement agency as an enforcement intern. So I'm raiding houses at two o'clock in the morning and doing all this stuff that was way more exciting than business ever was. Oh yeah. (laughs) Your background is very similar to mine. I started in communication arts and uh, was in broadcasting and journalism and then uh, ended up in criminal justice um, and then um, got my uh, graduate degree in counseling psychology. So, how awesome! Yeah, we should start a support group for people like us, really, or a business, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, who are who are your favorite authors? God, um, well, Radcliffe, obviously, um, Rita Mae Brown, because she was one of the pioneers. Catherine V. Forrest. Um, Jerry Hill, um, outside of our genre, Maya Angelou, um, I love, she has my heart, um, J.M. Redman, Jeannie Levig, Casey Richardson, Jessica Webb, some of the really contemporary, you know, contemporary artists in, um, 
in writing right now. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I'd have to say that um, going back to those, we always have a, a soft spot for the for the place where we found ourselves, like Catherine, like Rita Mae Brown, those kind of of artists that really brought the genre to light for us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think Ruby Fruit Jungle was one of the first books that I had read. Uh, you know, it was, I, I remember being on a plane and laughing out loud. <laughs> uh, um, I just remember thinking, do I need to hide this book? You know, <laughs> do I need to kind of tuck it away? But you read it like three or four times because how many choices did you, choices did you have at that time? Right, right. And then to be able to identify with characters in a book and the emotion that went along with that was huge. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I remember at the time I even had a it was a a ruby fruit jungle. I think it just said ruby fruit uh, bumper sticker, and no one knew what that meant. Um, it was like my oh, own really? little yeah, it was my own little secret. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah so i bet you could sell those now yeah you probably could i actually ran into rita may brown one night in um a bookstore in philadelphia it was the weirdest thing uh and uh she was just you know looking for a good book to read uh you talked to her for a while oh i did yeah i chatted with her got her autograph uh she was super nice um really um a lot shorter than I expected her to be. <laughs> <laughs> I always think that there, my book aside, lightning kind of strikes in, in weird places in weird ways, but to be a pioneer in your industry, like Leslie and Newman, like um, Catherine B. Forrest, like Rita Mae Brown, to have that kind of hold on the genesis of our genre is so amazing and must be a little heady for for people Mm -hmm. yeah you're right you're right um i I, yeah can't even wrap my head around that um i actually interviewed leslie newman um she's a sweetheart really she is um she's so modest uh you know I was just going to say very down to earth, very kind of um, not not in love with her own press at all. And she should be. No, I know. She's not impressed with herself, right? <laughs> <laughs> she was great, though. So yeah. um, what's next for you in terms of, of books? Um, You know, you said that you had written your fourth and halfway through your fifth. Do you have any other standalone books coming out soon or? What's going on? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, work has been crazy, so I have. To, I feel like I've, I've kind of abandoned them a little bit. My characters are in a box somewhere. Um, but I'm in the early stages of uh, contemporary romance, and I'm trying to kind of test my my chops at just doing a contemporary romance without the intrigue factor. I don't know if I'm going to make it because I feel like they need to be doing something else. Um, but <laughs> are you boring uh, yourself? Am I what? Are you boring yourself? Do you need some action? I, I'm a little bit. I want to make sure that it's just me that's bored. Everyone else is good. <laughs> um, so it's a uh, contemporary romance about um, a golf pro who is also an artist. Um, and she's, she's kind of in this really surreal, um, moneyed environment that she has no interest in. 
and she trips over um, a pretty special woman in a really um, unusual way. Neither one of them are looking for any kind of connection. Mm-hmm. They've all got a whole lot of drama going on of their own. Um, but they find a connection and they, and they find like really a useful place in each other's lives. So I want to finish. I want to sit down and do one of my, you know, wine and computers locked in the dark bedroom kind of sessions and really, um, push through. I kind of know where they're going, but, um, they keep kind of knocking on the door going, okay, we're ready. Where are you? And, and I need to do that. So yeah. um, I hope to be done or at least close to done pretty soon. Oh, good, good. You can't just throw that out there and then just leave us all hanging, you know? No, it's called, so I want it to be called The Art of Compromise. Okay. And um, I'm going to prepare it and submit it to um, my publisher and see what happens. Great. And you, do you publish solely with Bold Strokes? I do. Okay. I do cuz I honestly I would have no idea how to do it otherwise. Okay. And and when when you um first submitted to Bold Strokes um did they accept your work right away or did they come back and say, "Hey, let's let's do this. We like what you're doing. Can you change this?" Yeah. Exactly. So the first time and you kind of expect it you're a new author, right? You, here is this masterpiece you've spent 3 months working on and I'm going to submit it to a publisher who's going to go, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, and so it came back and I actually submitted the first two in the series um, at the same time. Okay. Because it, it's one thing to go, okay, one hit wonder, here you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought, hey, I can prove that I can do two books. Okay. And so I sent them both in and they said, you know, I, I kind of like where you're going, but do X, Y, and Z. And the first chapter, you know, I'm tired. It's way too wordy and you need to stop. So I went back and I didn't touch it for a while because that's kind of a hit, right? When yeah. you think, okay, I'm submitting it. And then um, it, you, it gets rejected and so that's kind of okay I gotta sit with that this is my baby yeah it's my baby my baby is ugly (laughs) (laughs) so I finally sat down and I finished it and I sent them both and they actually wrote me a contract they said it was very unusual but they wrote me a contract for both books nice nice so oh that was awesome yeah that is awesome that's great good for you so, so. <clears throat> so do you like to hear from your readers and, and, um, our listeners? God, absolutely. Um, I love to hear from readers. Um, Finding Sky has spurred some great reader feedback. Um, I think a lot of, be- because of, of where Sky came from and, and identifying with her. Um, but it's, it's terrific to get, um, a reader to like ping you on Facebook or hit you up on, on your website and say, Oh my God, I love this story because let's face it. Writing's kind of a solitary in a vacuum sort of thing. So when somebody reaches out and says how much they want you to continue doing what you're doing and how much it resonates with them, it's so huge. And I don't think you know, it's easy to go, oh, no one wants to hear from me or they don't care about this. They must hear from 50 people. But 
to have somebody reach out like that is so amazing. Oh, that's great. That's nice. Yeah. And that, um, you know, that's, again, that's your baby that you're putting out there to the world. And it's nice to have people um, kind of hold your baby and, you know, <laughs> uh, talk nicely to <laughs> it. <laughs> right. Talk nicely to my child. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that's awesome. So um, you have uh, a website. Is that castsellers.com? Uh, castsellersauthor.com. Yeah, okay. And then you're on Facebook also? I am. Okay. Um, castsellers author on Facebook and um, at castsellers at Instagram on Instagram as well. Okay, great. So um, hopefully our listeners will be reaching out to you. Um, I hope. Yeah. So, Cass, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Um, your, your new book, Finding Sky, is available um, through Bold Strokes, right? Yes. Okay. And everywhere books are sold very shortly. Awesome. Good. So, I highly recommend it. I'm in the middle of it and, and totally loving it. Um, and uh, I look forward to uh, the art of compromise also. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. So um, I'm Anita Kelly, and that's all the time we have for today. And thanks for joining. Let's talk about books, baby. So until next time, may your journey be lighthearted and peace be plenty.